Dungeon Leap Interlude Okay, so we are joining in again with the experience of Leap. Leap has just come out of a uh, bizarre and interesting adventure in a Tomb of Horrors that didn't quite turn out to be a Tomb of Horrors and is now moving I was expecting through... a little more horror. <laughs> a little <laughs> yeah. more horror. Yeah, moving through this weird, unearthly space into which you have um, moved between leaps and connecting with this glowing memory a memory from your past that absorbs itself into your body to become one with you and fills you immediately with this vivid experience of your past and so what we're going to do now Stephen is we're going to figure out what this experience of your past is now as you recall the way that we do this is first of all we'll have a little talk as a player and GM about what stood out about that experience that adventure that you were just in as Leap because there might be a reason why this splinter of memory landed in that situation so what what might you have got out of that what stood out to you first of all about the person that you leapt into well it was is what was his name dumb jim stupid jim simple jim yeah. stupid jim <laughs> dumb jim it was dumb jim wasn't it, it was, um, yes. yeah <laughs> um so yeah that that sort of added to the character fun for me um i think he was it was sort of the kind of guy who went along with his friends and quite enjoyed having having being part of a group um but didn't feel like his friends like he felt like his friends were his friends, like weren't weren't sort of nasty or anything, which I think so he felt quite at home. Um being in that vibe was was quite was quite unusual, sort of trying to um I guess Elite would have found it quite hard to I guess act as dumb as dumb Jim seemed to be but also wanted to give dumb jim a bit of a leg up in life at the same time i guess he's going to be kind enough to give him his body <laughs> um, uh, it probably feels like there's a bit of a leave it better than you found it mentality going on maybe um but it might also just be uh leap feeling in a good mood that day um the adventure itself i think the certainly felt a bit more at ease with the seat with the discovered rules of um whatever is going on for leap like he knows that he's um been in at least two leaps that he can tell of um uh, each very different one where he was in charge of a group and had the plan and was expected to know what to do the other where he his adventures sort of just happened to him um and I think Lee is sort of not sure what that means or what he likes about that. He's had sort of had to survive by cunning and the other by, by sort of luck and magic. Um, <laughs> and I think it feels him kind of uncertain in terms of like what's uh, sort of makes the stakes a bit clearer. Like, I don't know what I'm going into be. Am I going to, am I, is this next leap going to be the leap home? Or is it going to be um, 
another completely wild adventure that makes no sense and it just shows the vast enormity of opportunity i think it's sort of it's like it's a random number generator or let's say a couple of dice being rolled every time <laughs> yeah well I'd, um, i'm hearing what you're saying and some of the things that are standing out to me are the fact that um the the person that leap landed in was someone that you felt a bit of a bit of mindfulness towards a bit of care towards like you you kind of wanted to look after him in a sense and um, i think a little the, bit i think yeah i think i think there was that i think the um it was you know potentially also a bit more fragile um mm. like you wanted you want to look after him but also like you didn't know how safe his position in the village was yeah so it's kind of like you don't know how long you're going to be in that body you've also got yeah. a bit of self-preservation as well yeah. there's a bit of but I, but I don't know if leap would admit to there being some um care just yet um but i wouldn't be surprised if there was an element of that yeah yeah i do recall that uh leap's final words moments ago were were to cause some problems for the uh <laughs> for the characters which i think was a, a moment, of, right. a a moment of interesting mischief for leap that's right yeah i think i think he's always going to be a bit of an, a, a rascal or an asshole yeah perhaps. yeah well that you see that i enjoyed that because i think a lot of the stuff that we've seen from leap so far has shown almost like a bit of um stressful reaction like there's there's been a bit of um this doesn't matter and if it does i can be i can be a bit of a dick to people and it doesn't matter whereas that was that was a different kind of messing with people there was kind of a real glee just having fun coming through there I, it was yeah i'm interested to see what what more we will see of that side of leap going onwards um yeah i i certainly think leap has kind of a vibe of a crowley from good omens uh-huh kind of but not not really like it's kind of just like not not a baddie he doesn't feel yeah. like he's a baddie but also not that good <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> like it's just a kind of a um you know like anytime he does something wrong it's like of course i'm gonna do that <laughs> like, yeah. i don't know yeah yeah all right well Maybe it is time to figure out what what memory it is that is going to be triggered by this experience. We've just had a little conversation about some of the things that stand out from the leap itself. Now I'm going to use my amazing table of prompts and I'm going to give you a couple of seeds for the memory. As always, these can be things that you can directly incorporate into the memory that you come up with or you can riff on them in different directions and not actually include them literally. Um, we'll see what we do. But the first of the two sides is a uh, an experience something um to oh here is one and it says number seven losing an argument losing an argument is one prompt for this memory and the second one is an emotion that attaches to it which again you can riff off however you like and it can be a you or it can be someone else or whatever and this emotion this emotion is joy Losing an right. argument and joy. Nice. So um, I'll just hand over to you to start talking as things come to you. You can take your time because I can easily chop out silence and um, we'll, we'll hear no what need. kind of I've memory a... comes in. Yeah, no, no, it's clear as day. So basically, as soon as, as, soon as the shard connects with Leap, um, he's taken right back into this. He's, he's lying in a field full of... Um, 
uh, flowers, like really deep flowers that sort of go so, so over him. So he's surrounded by um, lily-type flowers, I would say. There's sort of um, shades of um, pink and um, some spots, and there's like a tiger-style lily. You've also got um, crisp, you know, all kinds of lily-like flowers, but they're all like there's pinks and there's blues and there's reds and there's yellows, um, and he's just lying and in, in, in there, and then. Um, uh, next to him, also lying, are seven bodies um, with uh, of of um, various uh, fighter types. So there's a party that's been extinguished, um, and uh, he sort of looks sort of from a god's eye view, a bird's eye view down on onto leaf, and he's just sort of smiling there with these flowers around, you know, and these flowers sort of getting his, his breath but enjoying the um the the taking down of this party um uh and um and uh at the end you just you, you sort of there was this real content sense that saying yeah see i told you i could beat you all <laughs> <laughs> um so they lost their bet um, <laughs> And uh, uh, it's just sort of this. this you know, there's there's exhaustion, and like it was a fight, but um, yeah. it's just the sense of, huh, okay. And you know, I, I leap doesn't have a sense of of more than that, like what he used to yeah. take them down, or how um, he did it, or whether he cheated or played fair and stuff. Yeah. But just that, yeah. In this likes in to, this yeah. memory, uh, the faces of these people clearly visible to leap so that he might recognize them if he saw them again no they're just i think they're just um in this memory no not immediately Mm -hmm. i think uh they are um just one more party um apart Mm -hmm. from there's one one feature stands out on one of them which is Mm -hmm. this really um shimmering length of silver hair um, and it's unusual, and it's just the this, this silver hair with a sort of a, a purple hue to it. Um, and that's the only feature that um, really stands out, and otherwise it's vivid. Um, it's made, like the memory's mainly focused on the on the piece and the flowers and the sense of achievement and um, calm. Love it. Cool. Oh, that's an interesting, interesting memory with. Uh, lots of implied context and uh, raising many, many questions that I'm <laughs> many going questions, to, which we're I going to build all of the detail about. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So, um, leap, you incorporate this experience into yourself, and it butts up against the the other memory that you have accumulated so far, as well as the new memories of things that you have just been doing in these other bodies, and you have this growing sense of selfhood, of identity. It's starting to come together, but it's only at the very beginning of a journey of coming together and figuring out who you are. And as all of this is happening, you can already see another portal shimmering and spinning away from you, and you're almost falling into place. So you have to run towards this portal in order to not be left behind, not be trapped here forever. And it's up to you. Say say the uh, say the the magic words that will end this little segment. 
Ah, okay. <laughs> Looks like there's another one. <laughs> uh, I good. didn't have anything prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have anything prepared is a is a perfect catchphrase that we can return yeah, to again. Yeah. As you leap into the into the portal and on to your next adventure, which we will deal with soon. Nice. Welcome to our second Dungeon Leap interlude. You just heard Stephen Youngblood and I work out the memory recovered by Leap right after our second story, Leap of Horrors, aka Leap into the Mouth of the Great Green Devil Face. Coming up in this episode, some of the preparation Brad, Tom and I did before Stephen leaped into the body of Dumb Jim. It's a different approach to prep than we did for our first story. We're experimenting as we go. This is a new format for actual play, so we're trying out lots of different ways of doing it. After that, I chat with Brad and I chat with Tom, so you can hear the truth about Dutterbro and Brosif, and get a teaser for an upcoming storyline from a surprise guest. I'm not going to tell you who that is. It's a surprise. My favourite thing is that I I rolled my stats. Uh, and had I been able to shuffle them around, I decided I would keep them as I rolled them. So I've got very high strength and dex and charisma and negative two on wisdom. So (laughs) my monk AC would be 15. I can use my dex. (laughs) I've just got D&D beyond to do a simple quick build for me for a fighter. All right, and I've got a Brosif, is that right? Yeah, he's going to be like... A total dude. <laughs> oh, yo, man. All right. And, um, and, and uh, mine is Dudebro. Dudebro. No, Dudebro. 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 And I was going to do this voice here. I was going to do a uh, Hauraki <laughs> Golf Radio <laughs> Radio Hauraki uh, DJ. Uh, because oh, I've got high charisma, but I'm very bad at decisions. <laughs> so I've been um, thinking a lot today over the starting premise and then working backwards from that and forwards from that to try and work out how it will function and i think i've i think i've got an angle the big premise is that you're like locals to a small town a small village in the hills and there's um kind of one other local adventurer who is the older sister of one or other of you you, you can you can pick but she's like a big badass adventurer and has been doing good adventure stuff and has like a whole adventuring crew that are off somewhere um the latest development is the discovery in a very nearby hill uh an entrance to a tomb of horrors and it's it's like it's not the exact Tomb of Horrors from the adventure, but it's kind of like that. So it's meant to be big and scary and ominous, and everyone calls it the Tomb of Horrors. And so that's um, like the local name that's been applied to it is the Tomb of Horrors, and it's just an ominous opening in the hill. Um, it's a great big green devil face, like the one you find in the Ooh. Tomb of Horrors module. We also want to hopefully get to a point, <clears throat> maybe the dramatic end of the episode, where you three are going into the great green devil face that's that's kind of my hope and desire we might end up going in a completely different direction but that that feels like a um nice way to explore this this premise i'm not entirely sure how we do that yeah 
Um, I, I'm a bit surprised that you want to end it by us like going into the devil face because like the characters we've built are very much going to try and goad Dumb Jim or Dumb Jim's new personality <laughs> to definitely go in like immediately. Yeah, yeah. We can get you back to the party. One of the other reasons why I'm keen to not let you go too far into the into the dungeon right away is because I I've haven't worked it out at all because i only figured out this angle very late today so as soon as you go in that that gate it's all going to be me making stuff up until um until i get a chance to work on it over the we're, le- we're level one you don't have to make up much before we die <laughs> yeah, yeah. you see a cat the cat kills all of you <laughs> sorry i just had a thought that we the local it's today bro and the brosef coming to you live from <laughs> coming to you live from the town square boop, 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 boop. Beep, beep, well, i can change my voice to be like this hey everyone you are listening to do bro and brosef in the morning no i'm gonna go with the edge style i'm gonna be this guy one of many voices that sounds exactly like this um yeah yeah, if you want to, yeah, if you so. want to be the the uh, morning announcements team, that's that's fine by me. <laughs> I'm the town crier, and tonight it's, this one goes out to my dreamers and creamers out there. <laughs> What's that even supposed to mean? <laughs> no one knows. That's the thing. We're all just improvising because no one writes a script for late night radio. I, I love the insane. idea of. of- one of you being the town crier, or both of you being the town criers, I think that's fantastic. My charisma is fifteen, uh, yeah. so uh, definitely the town crier slash slash strongman. <laughs> yeah, if you be the town crier, and I'll be like the the wannabe like apprentice town crier. Like I think I'm the next one on on based on nothing. I just yeah. assume like I'm next in line. So I want you to go into dangerous situations so you die so I can be the town crier. You're my intern slash weed guy. <laughs> I'm your weed guy, yeah, I love it. Um, so whose sister is going to be this uh, adventurer type? Who's, um, she's kind of the local authority. She's the big boss uh, who everyone listens to. Who wants to have a famous sister? About time. Uh, I will, and that way, and that's why I want to be the town crier so I can be famous too. Nice. <laughs> Show up that stupid sister of mine. But no, she's she's like, I, I think she's so cool. And, and I'm always because I'm the town crier. I give the news about her, but it's always quite glowing. Okay, who else is in the village? Can I have each of you give me one other person in the village that you might meet today? Who um. You have a vexed relationship with in some way. Uh, Jen, the other town crier. Um, Who's <laughs> <laughs> yep. just a little bit taller, um, but not as loud. Yeah. Which is actually impressive because <laughs> I'm a half orc, so I'm quite tall. What about you, Brad? Uh, Percival. Hmm? Percival is a stable boy. Yep. Who one time, years ago, accidentally threw a tiny bit of manure on my foot. And I never got over it. I'm being very petty about it. Every time I see him, I'm like, that fucking guy. <laughs> um, can I also suggest that there's actually a surprise? There's, there's too many chickens in this village. I'm just thinking, yeah. you know, like, because you'd expect chickens. But when you go to this village, one of the things you do notice is that 
it's, it's just too many chickens. It's a problem. Yeah. Uh, it just, it's a deeply unsettling amount of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the town, by the way? <clears throat> I, I don't know. What is the name of the town? Chicken. <laughs> It'll be spelled with like like a, a Y. But we don't know. But no one knows where the Y is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not where you think. <laughs> um, Jim, of course, is he's he's a um, a digger and a carpenter and a handyman. Um, his weapon that he carries around is his spade. So he's got a great big spade that he carries around and. Um, he he has his sorceress powers. Are we are we going with the idea that he accidentally ate a fairy? That's that so ridiculous. I do like it. Well, because you know how I think what happened was he was riding like he, he was riding on a horse, and you know how we're like you're on a motorbike, like everyone puts the bandana over the mouth so they don't eat bugs. He just. Like, <laughs> okay, well I'm here with Brad Zimmerman. Hi, Brad. Hello. <laughs> so we have just finished listening to the adventures of uh, Dadabro and Brosif, um, and Dumb Jim in uh, what was not, after all, the Tomb of Horrors. So, um, Brad, how did you find being a Brosif? Uh, it, it, it came disgustingly naturally to me. <laughs> it was, <laughs> uh, I thought it would be quite quite challenging to to sort of dumb myself down to that. That level of like, hey, like everything's amazing and there's like no such thing as a bad idea. Um, but it was actually easy, which I'm worried about. <laughs> well, I'm I'm impressed that it's been so much since we did that recording and just slipped immediately back into the into the voice without the slightest. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Across that span of time since we recorded it, is there is there any moment that you look back and think, yeah, that was that was Brosif? Um, yeah, yeah, the, I think stopping a, a few times to comment on the chicken situation in, in the village of chicken, like there's, there's this situation going on, there's dumb Jim and the, uh, Broseph's sister who's back in town, the big hero, but all, yeah, somehow he just finds it relevant to, to keep bringing up the chickens. I love the chickens. The chickens are amazing. Um, and there is, of course, a long tradition in Dungeons & Dragons of attacking the Tomb of Horrors with a bunch of livestock in front of you to fall on all the traps. So it did kind of it fit thematically as well for the old school D&D players. <laughs> um, cool. So, Brad, of course, you, you do uh, other stuff apart from guest starring in our podcast. Why don't you tell us about some of the amazing things that you do? Uh, I'll keep the amazing things secret, but uh, the the mediocre things I'll tell you all about. Um, the so the fate of Ison is sort of the main thing that I do. I was the DM for four years on that um, for the main campaign, but then that ended, and we're now in the the second campaign, book two. Um, and for that, I my involvement is just editing, um, but I I do spend a lot of time on that um, and trying to run the socials as well, but. Not very much. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is I um, created the D12 Go game system that I've, I've also got a, a very slack podcast for that as well. We just, anytime I play it with people, I just, we record it and then I chop it up into episodes and release that. But it's been about six months since that 
add any releases on it. Yeah. So what is what is D12 Go? What kind of stuff can you do with that? Yep. So the the driving philosophy of it is that it's um, you can pick up a D12 and go in any genre or style or setting um, that your heart desires. So you just you're hanging out with your friends, you want to play a role-playing game, and someone says, oh, I want to play something in The Wizard of Oz. And you can go, well, I know a system that can do that. <laughs> or I want to do, like, survival horror, um, like Alien, um, on, on some spaceship getting chased by a xenomorph. And go, we can, we can do that. Um, and then, yeah, it's just ease of use. That It uses a single die, very simple, universal stats that you can apply to anything. Um, and yeah, and I've got a couple of modules that I put out as well um, in different settings. I love, like a, I, I love the uh, name of the Night Knights. I think it might be one of the best named role-playing things that I've ever encountered. Can you give give us a pitch <laughs> for Night Knights? Um, so Night Knights is kind of, for me, it's sort of like a rip-off of um, PJ Masks um, in, in that and uh, people who are familiar with the cartoon PJ Masks. So there's these three children who, at night time, they um, become superheroes. And so that's where the PJ comes from, pajamas, which I took a, an embarrassingly long time to figure out. Um, but basically, Night Nights, uh, the general story is that some ordinary kids go to bed at night time, and then they are all transported to a some kind of world that was determined ahead of time, fantasy world, a sci-fi world, a bug world, a, a rock monster world, whatever world that they decided they want to play in. And those kids in the dream world have to sort of use special powers to save people or save the, the kingdom or whatever situation is happening. Um, they but yeah, become superheroes in their dreams. They, they become knights at nighttime. That's, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well, um, I, I love D12Go. I love the fact that you are supporting it and you've got a podcast and it's one of those um, one of those games out of the Kiwi creative community that, that deserves a wider, um, wider audience. So hopefully if you're listening to this, you will check it out. Um, there will be links in the show notes, obviously, but I think if you just type in D12Go into Google, it should, should take you there pretty effectively. Um, cool. Awesome. Brad, uh, Thank you very much for being part of Dungeon Leap. It was wonderful to um, to kind of game with you after so long being kind of mutual admiration people with uh, Fate of Ison and Diceratops kind of growing in tandem and sharing a jewels for a lot of that time as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just just fantastic. Thanks heaps. Yeah, no worries, dude. Keep it real. <laughs> All right, we're having an impromptu Diceratops meeting in the shadow of uh, Quasi the Hand God in Civic Square in Wellington. Um, he's actually just a little bit out of view, but we, we walked past his uh, beneficent hand gaze a moment ago. Um, so I'm here with Tom Adams. Hello, Tom. Hey, Morg. Good to be back. Wonderful. And I'm here with Jared Baker. Hello, Jared. Kia ora. Well, um, it's it's uh, Diceratops time, so let's start our Diceratops meetings the way we always do, Jared. How, how do we how do we do that? We start them with Karakia. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, we don't we don't do uh, this very this, often. This is oh well, action points from last yeah. meeting. Yeah. <laughs> do I accept yeah. the minutes? First of all, do accept we accept the minutes? minutes? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
go for um, it. Uh, we need to elect a chair, Morg. All right, thanks. Okay. Go. Okay. Yeah, I'll second. second. Yep. Go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, show of hands. Uh, yeah, passed. Jokes, Wonderful. A, jokes about video on an audio medium. <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> So um, we've just finished putting out on the on the podcast the second Dungeon Leap story, which had you, Tom, um, yeah. as uh, uh, as Dadabro, an, an interesting character, Dadabro. Tell us about Dadabro. I I can't. I think Dadabro was designed originally as a monk with low wisdom. I think with the original idea was we were going to have everyone as low level rubbish, um, and because I, he was a monk, monks only really become useful at their second at second level. So a first level monk is terrible and basically built around a pun which was the keys between his fists as his key points uh and then i just made a radio of uh, the rock you know fm uh, radio voice and i don't know if that's what eventually made him into the town crier or if that was just it but um yeah he was he was a fun and weird character to play he was he was uh, very very entertaining and you uh you had brad alongside you as brosif um as your as your sidekick, what do you what do you think lies in the future for Dudabro and Brosif? I mean, uh, syndication, uh, probably a bigger box. I would think um, maybe Brosif will get his own. You know, we get the drive show probably eventually. The drive show being two guys in a wagon yelling at people as they drive around town. Uh, <laughs> in in those days, um, yeah. I mean, that's what I see. I, I think you know, if you look at radio DJs today, a lot of them. Uh, have been in the been, been there for far too long, and I think that's the future for Tata Pro and Brosif. Yeah. So, is this a model that you think uh, other people should adopt for their own Dungeons and Dragons campaigns? The idea of uh, breakfast radio conducted by someone standing on a box in a town square. I do love that, and especially love the fact that neither of them were bards. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, none of them had work with charisma based. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think it's a great place to start because I mean, you know, that's that's where all the action happens is in the morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. At least with thinking outside of the, you know, the standard box. Oh, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a fighter. I'm gonna be a wizard. I'm gonna be a thief. Yeah. You know. I'm gonna be a. I'm gonna be, whatever. I'm gonna be a whatever. Shock jock. Which of the Chris's was in that movie? Um, was. <laughs> oh yeah. So, yeah. Some guy. <laughs> Uh, and Jared, of course, you were you were in the first Dungeon Leap story, but you've actually just finished recording another story, which is not the one that's starting next week on the podcast, but the one that will come along after that. So you can't say much about it. No, but, but we what, can. What can you say about it? Can tease it. We can say it's a, like a very different character for me. I mean, I'm try, trying to do something something very different each time, but um, that look forward to. Possibly one of the douchiest characters you've ever heard in a, an episode of, of Dungeon Leap. I know we'll have competition. Tom, yeah, but that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you just described both of my characters. What's, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is this is the kind of one-upmanship that we want to get into. Of who's going to be yeah. the douchiest character yeah, ever? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty good description. It's it's a rollicking ride. Uh, the story to come. Yeah. Um, Inspired by every middle management manager you've ever had. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> had too many. And how can you resist that? How yeah. can you resist that, listeners? Dilbert, I know you'll D&D. eagerly tune in. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Delete that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. So uh, I guess we should wind up saying uh, thanks to the hand god. Thank you, hand god. Thank you, hand god. Thank you, hand god. And um, yeah, we'll we'll leap again soon.
This was Dungeon Leap Interlude with Brad Zimmerman, Tom Adams and Stephen Youngblood as Leap, plus a guest appearance by Jared Baker. Thanks to Enver Avechian and Alexi Action for music and Nomi Kubomi for sounds. Thanks everyone for listening. Keep spreading the word. Rate and review, I know we keep asking, but it keeps being important. Thank you so much. Diceratops is proud to be part of Kiemu Fakuto or Aotearoa, Kiwi RPG. I'm Morgan Davey, we are Diceratops, we love games and our shows are for everyone.